0: This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San
1: Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. We got a big show today. I think we're going to talk a lot of masks, a lot of mandates. We'll talk about tobacco. Well, Johnny Tobacco, a new host, a host of a new show on new, over on Newsmax, and of course John Schlafly. There's Johns, there's a couple of Johns, there's some tobacco, and lots of masks. So we'll get to all that. Hey, let me remind you, getting huge attention on the great interview. And when I say it was a great interview, it's because Larry Elder's great. Um, and Larry Elder's interview with me a couple of days ago, which is over on ProAmericaReport.com, dot com, getting tons of attention there. He's a super guy, one of the greatest developments. You might have heard, might have heard this late in the week, Gavin Newsom. I think it was maybe Thursday could have been I could have been Thursday or Friday, I'm not sure that he was recorded on a fundraising call in which he was begging for money, which is what politicians have to do, and he was begging for money, and he identified by name his opponent, he called him, I think he said his opponent at Larry Elder. So now, look, you only are, um, you only get named, you only get, uh, banged upon if you are, uh, if there's a reason, right? You don't talk, nobody's talking about, uh, the, uh, the, uh, you know, Comanche Indian, uh, chief who filed to run on the recall. I don't know if there is one, but you know, how there'll be like a person who just files at the last minute, nobody knows. They're not, they're not mentioning anybody. And in politics, you don't mention somebody by name at all. If you can help it. It was kind of a mistake. It was on a fundraising call. But what he said was, Gavin Newsom said, oh, if this guy Larry Elder gets in, he's going to roll back all these regulations, all this progress we've made. Oh, if the rest of the state of California is listening, they should say, Gavin Newsom just gave us a reason to vote for Larry Elder. But it's a great development. It's a great development. So I just encourage you, take a look. Elect Elder.com. Is that right? Uh, No, am I getting that right? Is Elect Elder? You better make sure I'm doing that right. Electelder.com. I think that's right. But we got to make sure you go there, check out his site. If you're inclined, yeah, electelder.com. If you're inclined to support him, do so in whatever way. But uh, pay attention. That race is uh, is, uh, sharpening up, and it will be, as I told you, it's uh, the Scott Brown race of 2021, meaning it's the first time America will have a chance to move against the far left agenda in Scott Brown's case. Elder is showing it was 20- real
0: promise in his run, regardless of how it turns out. Yeah. Very impressed, Ed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Agree. I agree. So, so, so the Scott Brown situation in 2010, he was running to replace uh, the the vacancy created by Ted Kennedy dying, the Democrat from Massachusetts, and he won. Scott Brown won. And I remember back then it was February of 2010. There there were people doing phone banks from Missouri into Massachusetts to try to help stop the Obama agenda. Well, September 14th is the final election day. Ballots will go out in a few weeks in California, but there'll be a chance for people to vote across the country. They'll be calling into California saying. Hey, recall Newsom, stop this left agenda that's Pelosi, Newsom, Biden, and see. We'll see what happens. I mean, may, I, they'll still probably steal it knowing the Democrats, but that's where we are. All right. Uh, we're going to talk, I mentioned to two guests. Uh, John Schlafly and John and Andy Schlafly's column this week is on the masks and the issues of masks. And also Johnny Tobacco, who's got a new show, and the new show is called Wise Guys. It's over on Newsmax on Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 uh, p.m. Pacific Time. And his show is going to focus on masks and mandates. Here's what I want to offer to you. We've hit a tipping point. We've hit a tipping point in this country. And whatever you think about the confusion of the last year and a few months— and it has been a, a wild time of confusion. There has been, you know, people lying to us. There have been just plain mistakes. There's just been a lot of uh, of of um, intensity of emotion. That you know, there are people who have felt vulnerable. It Doesn't matter why. I keep telling people, stop worrying about how we got here. Just describe where we are. And a whole bunch of people have been made unhealthy by the coverage and the lies and distortions and all that. So there's a lot of unsettledness in the country. Now, having said that, by the way, just dropping a little bit of a footnote here, there were some good jobs numbers earlier Friday. People are going back to work a little bit more. It's a pretty good sign. I mean, inflation's around the corner is the fear, but it was a good sign. So there's some things that are going right, it looks like. Uh, but here's the one thing that's going wrong. The government does not understand that they have you know, used up The patience of we the people, meaning a lot of good people, not everybody, a lot of good people said, "Okay, we'll just take it. Two weeks to slow the thing, you know, we'll lock down uh, masks, schools will have to go out. A lot of good people were, were sort of the American instinct was to allow to work with the authorities because of the fear. That's the facts. You can, it Doesn't matter. You may have been one of the people that said, "I never gave into it. I never believed any of it." All that. That's fine. There, there were a bunch of people like that, and some of them really looked like they were uh, they were um, uh, you know uh, 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 seeing the future better than anyone else. But most Americans said, "Hey, we got to try to do something." There's something going on, but we're to the point now where I, I believe most Americans, by a big majority, are sick of being manipulated. That's how it feels that we've been manipulated, that we were told one thing, told another, done another, this another. And that, and, and it's always to our detriment. And so now we have people who are demanding that our kids go back to school with masks on. They're demanding. They're, they're, CNN is firing three staffers. They must have, CNN is, is called Time Warner is the big company. They must have 10,000 workers in the building at CNN. And they fired three of them because they didn't want to get vaccinated. They couldn't accommodate them. They couldn't they couldn't come up with an understanding of a colleague who said, hey, I, I imagine, hey, I'm healthy. I'm 26. I'm not interested in that. I don't want to take that risk. They fired him and, and they were and then CNN bragged about it like they're the woke, you know, they're, they're the wokest of the woke. Here's my point. We're headed into a time here where if the government doesn't back down, we actually are in for a real tough time because the people are not going to take this anymore. They're, they're not kidding. We'll talk, about, and we'll talk with Johnny Tobacco about it. And we'll talk with John Schlafly about it. I've been talking to people. You know, I was even speaking with General Flynn about this the other day, and he said to me, "Ed, you know, I've been talking about the election irregularities since the election day." And he said, "I'm seeing into what they did, how they manipulated things. This was a this was a really bad situation." And he said, "In the last ten days, this General Flynn, what has just become clear to him is that the the health freedom question." Is overriding anything else. Now, I happen to think, let me tell you, that the Biden administration is doing the health crisis, the health freedom crisis, and all this stuff to change the subject. They need more control. It's working, by the way. California's going to mail a ballot to every single person. You don't have to request one because of COVID. They're going to. They said, "Oh, we got to do that. going to mail them ballot." So they're going to do it again. They're doing it again. I didn't expect that they would not do it again. But my point here is the people are sick of it, and the the government is not. It's it's got a tin ear usually. It's not the best at hearing the people, but in this case, they're way off. And I am very, very concerned that, you know, that what's going to happen, meaning I think you're going to see massive protests. I think you're going to see parents uh, of of, of students as school comes back. School's coming back in five days, 10 days, some places. And they're trying to make these kids wear masks and they're lying about it. They're putting out a study and they're citing a study that says masks have no impact on your breathing. Now, all you have to do is put one on for a minute, not even a minute, 10 seconds, and you can know that it has an impact on you. Let alone if you have uh, uh, any kind of allergies or you have any kind of uh, breathing difficulties, asthma. You ask somebody who's got a good asthma case what it's like to wear a mask, or, or, and they'll tell you. There's such liars about it. And they think that we're going to take it. Because why? Because the last time... Most people did. Most people went along in some way. and I'm not judging, by the way. I went along with plenty of it, too. I mean, I, th- I just think we all Americans said, OK, and p- partly was because Trump was the president. And I was saying, well, you know, I, if Trump's telling me this is what it's going to go. I think he made mistakes, by the way. I think it's clear now. But a lot of us did that. We're not anymore. And it's not just Republicans. It's not just uh, conservatives. The biggest lie out there is that Republicans don't want to get vaccinated. It's just a lie. A lot of people don't want to get vaccinated, including by percentage the highest percentage is African Americans. that are looking at you saying, "What are you crazy?" And they, and instead they'll say, "You're racist. You're actually racist. You're a white supremacist Republican if you're not vaccinated." That's how they lie. My, back to my point. Broadly, we're going into a different moment now. And I'm cons- I'm I'm more than concerned. I'm really afraid. I won't use I don't want to let the language go too hot right now, but I'm more than a little concerned. That we are we are we the people are being put in a position where we cannot uh we cannot appropriately respond. A- meaning, I hope there's election fast enough that we can elect some new people to take control. I hope there's school board meetings and things where we can get control and try to change the dynamic. Because people are beyond frustrated. They're beyond they have so little faith in the institutions who have misled them in the last year and a half. And then, as I told you, we'll finish with this. People are just tired of it all. We're frustrated. We're sick of it. It's been a disorienting time. And when you're in a disorienting time and you start getting sick of people telling you what has to happen, it's a, it's a dangerous time, too. So, all right, we're going to we'll come back. We'll talk with John Schlafly again today about his column and also uh, Johnny Tobacco. Johnny Tobacco has got a new show over at Newsmax called Wise Guys, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Newsmax, Saturday nights, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Take a break. We'll be right back. Ed Martin here in the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. <laughs> Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. It's time to catch up with John Schlafly, who is the co-author, co-creator of the Schlafly Report. Each week, it, it, it unveils itself on townhall.com, our sister site. It's also available, uh, archived at com. This week's column, Mass Mandates Meet Resi- Mast- Ma- Mask Mandates Meet Resistance. I'm sure that was the point of this title, to try to get me to mess up. John, welcome back. Uh, John, it feels like it's more than just resistance. It feels like... Uh, We've got a like a, a an uprising coming over more mandates. Uh, tell us what you're you're describing here.
0: Yes, I think the public has has had it, uh, and even the New York Times uh, said that the public is suffering from whiplash by mixed messages from the public health authorities. And that's the first time that the liberal media has been has been criticized the you know the geniuses in public health during all of this. Pandemic, and I think that's a straw in the wind. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, we're just we are just sick to death with uh, being told what to do and not do by these unelected bureaucrats, which is all they are, from Doctor Fauci on down. Mm-hmm. And they're lo- uh, and they we're talking with John. They're lo- similar ones at the local level too.
1: Well that's what I was going to ask you about. You know you're you're most familiar living uh for much of your life in the St. Louis area. St. Louis has had uh both the city and county went back to some mandates. They were immediately challenged in court. They've been be- they've been um uh you know kind of uh Beaten up? Uh, are they backing? Are, are are the Democrats backing down? Are the Liberals backing down? I still think that the 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 Biden administration is talking about more, you know, the national mandates, whether it's vaccines for the military uh, or f- foreign visitors. Actually, is one of the ones they said, or masks. Are they backing down? Do you th- sense, or, or do you think they're still uh, coming on strong?
0: No, I don't think they are backing down, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, between the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates, uh, you know, mandates are Democrats feel that's the only way they want to control the population. And you've seen, you know, the mayor of New York is requiring every business there, that's 100,000 businesses to require proof of vaccination before they admit customers on their premises. And uh, so, You mentioned there's just one example now, St. Louis County, Missouri, which has one million people. And uh, the county executive appointed an unelected, the local version of Dr. Fauci. His name is Faisal Khan. He's an immigrant, but now we have many good immigrants, but uh, Faisal Khan is in charge. and He's giving orders, even though the county council voted five to two to rescind the mandate. And even though that vote was upheld by the a circuit judge, the dictatorial county executive and his expert, Dr. Khan, are refusing to relent on their demands that everyone has to be masked because, you know, they believe, you know, they're in charge. And they're going to
1: enforce the rules on everybody, whether we like it or not. We're talking with John Schlafly, his column. The Schlafly Report runs over townhall.com and uh, also is available uh, archived at Uh The title is Mask Mandates Meet Resistance. John, you mentioned uh, in your piece Larry Elder, who in the, is – we had him on the show a few days ago, did a, a lengthy interview, and um, he, he has uh, – uh, as, as only Larry Elder can do, great communicator, he's been sort of mocking uh, Governor Newsom. You know, his, he says we need mandates and he's out at the at the one of the highest uh, priced uh, restaurants with no masks and all. Um, does the, is this I've been talking about? It, it feels like Newsom is going to pay or going to show some of where the frustration is, because it's not just Republicans at all who are sick of being told masks, no mask uh, school, no school. Um, and uh, so I think that's that your, your insight there that. Larry Elder and whoever, the, the other Republicans, Newsom's going to pay a price, I think.
0: Yes, and you are correct that this is not just the Republicans who are raising an issue. In fact, the, what I just referred to, the vote in St. Louis County, Missouri, which is a Democratic county, and uh, two Democrats joined with three Republicans to make the five vote majority to rescind the mandate, because, you know, they're hearing from people and and this is mm-hmm. this is the way our system is supposed to work you know our elected representatives are supposed to represent us and uh you know they they were not elected to just do
1: whatever the experts say it's uh we again we're talking especially with John when, Slapley uh, John expert, go ahead keep going sorry yes,
0: yes you know especially when the experts keep uh changing their their advice and they've been wrong half the time but going, but you know, so yes, I think the public is rebelling against, and it's it's symbolic in a way, because you know American people did put up with masks for a year, uh, you know half the American people at least have been fully vaccinated, and another quarter I guess have been partially vaccinated, you know, the, so the American people are do support credible public health measures, and we do are, we are in fear of the pandemic, but you know. Enough is enough here because we we've got uh officials who have you know have gotten too much power and they need to be knocked down a peg. Because we're supposed okay. to have a self uh, nation here.
1: Yeah, it's uh John, it's um it is uh in, in 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 a funny way, the focus on that fight, which is real, it's almost missing uh it's causing people to miss what's happening in Washington, they're about to spend another trillion dollars on all sorts of stuff, and maybe another 3.5 trillion. I mean, they're changing the regulations, uh, you know, decide that, oh, they they didn't want to have to go through the process of of passing a law. So they just did by a CDC ruling a moratorium on evictions. I mean, it's I I hate to say it, but there's something about this battle that is only the tip of the iceberg, or maybe even it's a it's a distraction over here when the real gutting of America is going on over in Congress
0: well uh, that is a great example and you know the democrats do control the congress even though it's a very narrow control and congress you know probably could pass a, a a a rent moratorium but they haven't done that and the supreme court has already ruled that the cdc does not have authority on its own to issue that kind of a mandate or or moratorium on evictions because that's not what the law says. Now, Congress has the power to pass a law, and, uh, sometimes, you know, they, they have a very, very wide berth, uh, to pass laws for the general welfare of the American people, but if they haven't passed a law, bureaucrats can't go ahead and issue binding edicts anyway. And that's exactly what the rent moratorium is.
1: Uh, we're talking with John Schlafly again. His column is over at townhall.com and also available at Uh John, I wanted to give a shout-out, I thought, in your piece uh, this column this week, John Schlafly's piece. Uh, towards the end of it, you mentioned uh, Tom Massey. It seems like Tom Massey, he's just a national treasure because he's a good communicator. He's a scientist. And in this case, so tell us what you you quoted him. I mean, I think it's uh, he just makes me smile. He's got common sense and he's a MIT uh, uh, graduate, multiple degrees. So tell us about Massey.
0: Well, uh, yeah, we had, uh, Massey is one of the, you know, and he's he's willing to, you know, buck the of leaders of his own Republican Party too, which is refreshing. Uh because right, many frankly other Republicans they get there and they get, you know, they get on a roller coaster and uh, they forget about the people who sent them. And uh you know, Congressman Massey is uh first of all he represents his constituents and he is close to the people. He uh uh you know he's one of You know, he's he's one of the good guys. And uh, um, so but, of course, he's not in the leadership. I'm afraid the Republican leader doesn't pay that much attention to him. Uh, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And uh, when we've got such a narrow margin in the the House of Representatives, I think 25 or six votes, you know the we, what we've seen though, Ed, is what Cory Bush accomplished. Now, Cory Bush is the is uh, uh, a new, a new member of the uh, squad, and uh, she, she is claiming credit because she camped out on the steps of the Capitol for getting by, for shaming Biden into imposing or extending the uh, eviction moratorium. Now, if one mm-hmm. Congresswoman you know, can get something it just shows how one congresswoman can get something done even though even though she was flagrantly against the constitution now massey believes in the constitution you think that would give him a leg up on,
1: <laughs> yeah on, you would. In you washington.
0: would washington if they all took an oath to support the constitution and here we have a member of Congress who is flagrantly, you know, undermining and opposing the Constitution, and she got her way with the Biden administration. Right. And, well, that, and, you know, uh, yeah, she, they, a sad, they, sad, sad commentary.
1: Well, it is. And, and in the column with John Schlafly, he'll finish with this, the quote uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi said that she's going uh, to have a new, new mask mandate on House members. Tom Massey said this, tweeted, this is insane. Might as well come into my office and arrest my entire staff. We're not wearing masks, he said. And uh, Massey is, he's amazing. All right, John, I got to run. John Schlafly, everybody. The column is over at townhall.com. Also available and archived, all of his columns. Uh, he and his brother Andy do the weekly Schlafly report. It's over at phyllisschlafly.com. Thank you, John, for the time. And we'll talk again next week.
0: Thank you, Ed. Ed.
1: All right. We'll take, a, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back! Welcome back, Ed Martin here in a Pro America report. I was real excited about a week ago. I got word that there's a new show over at Newsmax. I'm a big fan of Newsmax, as you all have heard me say. And uh, next week we're going to have on uh, Ted Malik talking about a piece he wrote about how Fox News has let down a lot of conservatives. They just there's specific examples of how conservatives have been left in the sort of breach by Fox News. We knew that, but Ted Malik's going to break that down. But more importantly, get good programming places. And so Newsmax is coming up with a new show uh, tomorrow, Saturday. Saturday night, and it is called Wise Guys with Johnny Tobacco. Uh, you go to Johnny Tobacco on Twitter, on Facebook, same thing. Oh, Newsmax, you can track through there. So I have him on the show right now. So welcome to the program, sir. How are you?
2: Hey, yeah, uh, thanks so much for uh, taking a few minutes to tell your audience about Newsmax. As you know, the fastest growing cable network in America. And uh, what I think is the hottest new show they have on Saturday nights, Wise Guys. I appreciate <laughs>
1: Yeah, so so tell me this um What's the, how'd you get here to do this? I mean, i you, you've, I've seen you do and you've done a lot of different stuff over the years in terms of communication, in terms of, uh, leading. How'd you get to this moment? And what do you think is, I know one of the, I I saw on Twitter a few hours ago or earlier Friday, you tweeted something about the show Wise Guys again with John Tobacco we're talking about and his Twitter handle is at Johnny Tobacco. But you said, we're talking masks and mandates. How did we get to this moment in our history where we're talking about masks and mandates? And how'd you get to be on a show? Put us, put our give us give us some perspective of this.
2: Well, uh, Ed, look, I uh, obviously you could tell I'm a regular guy from Staten Island. I didn't go to Harvard or anything, but I'm proud of my uh, middle class upbringing. And uh, you know, about 15 years ago, I spent 30 years on Wall Street. About 15 years ago, uh, some folks in the business television, CNBC, and otherwise thought that you know my plain spoken style was interesting to America. And uh, I started to learn how to communicate to the masses on television. And uh, my message was well-received. People like hearing the straight dope from a regular guy. And uh, <laughs> I started doing well. And, uh, you know, luckily for me, four years ago, uh, I had a friend uh, introduce me to Chris Ruddy, the, C- the CEO of Newsmax, and uh, proposed him an idea where, you know, just, where I hit the streets and talk to regular folks and and get some perspective on how Donald Trump won and what went into people's thinking and why people voted for him, why people didn't vote for Hillary. Uh, And that show was called Table Talk. It did really well on Newsmax. And then they gave me an opportunity to be on weekly on a show called What's the Deal? And we were on Sundays at 1 p.m. against the NFL and... We called our show. What's the deal? The show that doesn't kneel. Um, and we started to get <laughs> tracked Sunday. Um, uh, and then, um, you know, the management said, Hey, you guys are doing good with this style. What if you were on five days a week? And, uh, I came up with this concept for a show called liquid lunch. And I basically did what I've been doing for the last 25 years on wall street, brought in big executives and head on shows, gave them a couple of cocktails and then they start speaking the truth. And, uh, Liquid Lunch was a big hit. We did two years, mon- Monday to Friday, 12 to 2. Um, but with the pandemic and with the news getting so serious, a uh, jocular midday show wasn't exactly perfect. They wanted to get me on at night. And I came up with this right. concept that, you know what? Um, let's take our message to the people. There's so many people out there that are underserved by these mainstream media outlets that are just feeding us propaganda. Uh, and I asked Newsmax to let me... Not sit in the studio and sit up straight and read from a teleprompter, but be myself (laughs) and go out and talk to regular folks. That's what we're doing every Saturday night on Newsmax.
1: That's pretty cool. That's a pretty great story. Uh, Wise Guys is the show again. And uh, John Tobacco is the host. And you can go at, at Johnny Tobacco on Twitter. Uh, also Johnny Tobacco over on Facebook. Well, let me get into a couple of things because we'll talk more about the show tomorrow night. I know th- th- you mentioned it's going to be mask and mandates, but a lot of people are watching Andrew Cuomo defend himself by appearing to like, like say, "Hey, I'm just an Italian American guy." I mean, this is just who I am. Now, I, I can, I can tell that uh, Johnny Tobacco from Staten Island knows a thing or two about guys that are Italian, Italian American, and guys yeah. that are reprobate. See, there's a difference between you know guys, and and what's Cuomo doing here? And maybe does he have a point? Is, is some of this the Me Too movement gone far, or is he way over the line? What's your sense?
2: Well, look, I'll tell you this, and uh, I don't know how many Italian folks are out there in your San Diego audience, but I'll give them all a word. And on Wise Guys every week, we try to teach people a little bit of of the good things in the Italian culture. Andrew Cuomo (laughs) in Staten Island, we would call him a desgraciado. He's a disgrace to the Italian race to go out there and after... 11 different women have accused him of every different type of sexual harassment, abuse of power. This guy has the nerve to put down all Italians and say, hey, this is what we do. We stick our hands up a girl's shirt. We stick our hand down a girl's pants. And, and my, my father, God rest his soul, he used to say, the guy's morte vam." And this guy is not a representative of the Italian people. The Italian culture is a great culture. you got these liberals and socialists across the country ripping down Christopher Columbus statues. By the way, hey, folks, he founded the damn place here in America. And uh, <laughs> I we don't have an Al Sharpton to go out there and stop protesting and stuff because we're good, hardworking, middle-class Americans, you know. And uh, Andrew yeah. Cuomo... Should back up shop. And honestly, I just made this point uh, last night in our taping for uh, Wise Guys that um, Fredo Cuomo, uh, his his little brother, I call him Scrappy Doo on my show, okay? Chris Cuomo was one of the advisors. He's one of the guys who was advising his brother. And he's been silent. You know why he's silent? He's probably gloating right now, Fredo, because he's no longer the black sheep of the family. (laughs) (laughs)
1: you might you might be right on that that's uh we're talking with uh john tobacco at johnny tobacco on twitter johnny tobacco on facebook and also newsmax uh on saturday nights the premiere is this weekend uh the show is called wise guys all right masks and mandates johnny uh, did you ever think we'd get to the point uh where we would be arguing against our own government about these mandate you know they're firing people at cnn for you know not vaccinating three people cnn's got th- tens of thousands of employees three didn't vaccinate they got fired i mean we're fighting over mandate mask mandates where you know fauci another one of our italian american uh leading lights he, he you know one one year he one month he says they're good one month he says they're bad what where are we in this country and and what's your feel on the ground regular people how are they uh, if feels to me like they're rising up at this point. Doesn't matter their politics.
2: Hey, you know what, brother? Uh going back to December, I was the spokesperson for Max Public House here in Staten Island, New York. We were fighting back. We were the resistance to these tyrannical edicts that the governor and the mayor were putting out. We were keeping our bar open. We were fighting back. We were punching back. We got we sued them twice. We're undefeated against the mayor and the governor. And I've been warning for the last nine months that this has nothing to do with science. We've been fed a whole hodgepodge a pig's breakfast of scientific data that makes no sense. We know now from a health department report in New York, 76% of the spread from COVID was in the house. 1.5% was in bars and restaurants. What do our government tell us to do? Stay in the house. Don't go to bars and restaurants. And to your point, let me tell you this. People are rising up. And I hate to say this term because you never know what Merrick Garland, the way he's weaponized the DOJ these days. They may come to my house, but I can tell you this. This could be the start of a revolution because people are fed up. And it's not only people Mm -hmm. on the right, on Wise Guys, we're hitting the streets, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, talking to all regular people. And people in the middle, people that are moderate Democrats, are fed up. And the one thing the mainstream media doesn't want to tell everybody is this, that. There's way more of us than there is of them and these socialists (laughs) and these communists that think they're going to take over this country. There's about 70 percent of us Republicans and moderate Democrats, and there's only about 20, 30 percent of them. So if you ask me, when the revolution starts, they get crushed and hook up by crook in 2022. I'll tell you this. The Republicans, to me, got an easy path to take back the House and the Senate, and hopefully we don't have to revolt and we can take it back peacefully.
1: We're talking now again with uh, Johnny Tobacco. Go to his uh, Twitter feed, at Johnny Tobacco. Also on Facebook, uh, Johnny Tobacco, you can track down there. His new show is Wise Guys on Newsmax, Saturday evenings uh, debuting. All right, one last thing uh, about this. Um, the, the the difference between, you know, have heard people say, Uh, New York and California are so far gone that people are leaving to go. You know, they got to get out. They got to go to they got to get to Florida and Texas. Would you ever leave New York? You know, what?
2: I love this place. I was born and raised here. I'm the proud son of an NYPD officer. And the last thing I want to do is leave this place because this is where my roots are. And that's one of the reasons that I started standing up during Max Pub. I brought a lawsuit against the mayor and the governor to get kids back in school. My attorneys right now are, are drafting a lawsuit to sue, the gov- to sue the mayor to stop this health pass, this vaccine mandate, and all this other stuff. I'm not leaving. I'm going to go down swinging. I'm going to go down fighting. And thank God Newsmax gives me a platform to tell America that we still have a voice. And I ask you, Ed, please, ask your audience. We need a good show in our first night out of the box. Um, ask your audience, please, tomorrow night, 7 p.m. on the West Coast, 10 p.m. Eastern, right. Wise Guys comes out of the box, firing on all cylinders, and we need all of your audience to please tune in and give us a shot.
1: All right, we'll do it. I'll make sure on social media, too. Johnny Tobacco, the show is tomorrow on, on Saturday night, Newsmax. Every Saturday, we'll push it. And thanks for the time. Keep in touch. Yeah, hey, thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. All right, we'll take a break, everybody. Be right back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment.
0: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative
1: pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Under President Joe Biden, the assault on free market energy continues and at a fever pitch. Big banks are being pressured not to lend money to traditional energy businesses. At the same time, a consortium of large stockholders won a proxy battle for at least two seats on the board of ExxonMobil on behalf of new directors who are hostile to oil production. These major shareholders were convinced to elect directors who actively want to see the company crumble. That is the power of liberal pressure campaigns. This is comparable to what might happen if opponents of the internal combustion engine took over General Motors to stop it from producing gas-powered vehicles. Actually, that may have already happened. GM just announced that it will shift to a new fleet of electric-powered cars instead of the old ones. The ability of well-funded opponents of oil to gain multiple seats on the Exxon board of directors stunned observers. It was the result of an expensive campaign that badgered shareholders with dozens of mailings and even telephone calls. This major defeat at ExxonMobil undermines President Trump's remarkable achievement securing energy independence. Under his deregulatory approach, allowing development of traditional energy sources within our country, we exported more oil than we imported for the first time in 70 years. It seems President Biden will stop at nothing to undo Trump's obvious successes. Meanwhile, a court in the Netherlands slapped Royal Dutch Shell with a surprise order to reduce its carbon emissions by an unrealistic 45% within the next nine years. BP, the major oil company formerly known as British Petroleum, has been promoting itself with the absurd slogan Beyond Petroleum, and it plans to reduce production by 40% in this decade. Andrew Cuomo's New York State and several West Coast cities are banning new natural gas hookups, which are necessary as backups against the endless power outages on the electric grid. Cheap natural gas has helped propel our economy but it quickly turned into one of the first casualties of the war on energy. Conservatives should not abandon sound energy policy just because energy issues are not as flashy as other topics you see in the news. America needs energy independence to have a strong economy and stable infrastructure.
0: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For the U.S. economy to flourish, free enterprise needs to be rewarded. Competition and capitalism need to be encouraged. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll find alerts and strategies for strengthening our economy and standing against socialism. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report and, uh, great interviews there. Great interviews. I hope you will visit proamericareport.com. Uh, and there's a lot on those, both those great interviews. And, uh, uh but let me shift gears a little bit and give you an update on some of the election issues. You know, it sort of dropped off the map, uh, dropped off the screen a little bit in terms of attention. I, you know, I, I know that the media that wants to uh, do that. They want everybody to, you know, move on. Uh, but I want to give you an update. There was some news out of Wisconsin. A state lawmaker up there is getting ready to move on an audit, and, uh, and I'm doing an audit up there. I could tell you that down in Georgia, I'm sort of privy to some of the legal action there uh, that it was taken. It was, I think, the smartest move to try to get to the truth. Remember, we can say over and over, and I actually say it now all the time. It's very unlikely, very, very unlikely. I, I would say almost almost 1% a, a chance that anything is found that could change what's happened today. In other words, I don't think you can, I don't envision what could come out that would sort of make the election be null and void and we would have the, a different president. I don't think that's possible. But I do think that we're we're proving the point that you really can't check the elections. We have a system now. And it's being it's almost being proven by the fact that the other side won't allow it to be audited and checked. We've now we're proving that our election system is impenetrable to check on it. And when you have a system that is impenetrable to audit and check on it, by definition, isn't that a, isn't that a broken system? Isn't that a system that's corrupt? I mean, you can't ask people to have confidence in a system that is designed in such a way that it's impenetrable and unable to be audited and that's what we're finding we're finding that the system of our elections has been designed in such a way managed in such a way that it's completely impenetrable and unauditable and therefore how to say it i mean is it is it legitimate can you have a legitimate election when the system is unable to be checked doesn't that automatically mean now you could i guess you could assume that the only people who ever run elections are saints and they would never be tempted by control over a system that no one could audit or no one nothing could penetrate maybe I mean, I I I did, I was the election. Of, I was the election officer for the city of St. Louis for a couple of years, and I certainly was a saint at the time. And I would have. I, and actually, being serious, I was very transparent. We we made sure. You know, our it was a Democrat-dominated city. I was the Republican chairman of the, the St. Louis uh, Board of Elections, and so we were utterly into transparency because I didn't have a horse. There was no Republicans running. We just were trying to make sure that the thing was done well and right. But at this point, Georgia, Arizona, uh, Wisconsin. Pennsylvania to some extent the answer from the people who now have been given the question they've not been the question they've not no they're no longer they no longer can say they're being given a question to like change the election no they're being asked can you please give us an understanding of how the system works the the uh, electronic system the the databases the the system processes how they work and can we show how they work so we have more confidence and they won't do it they either will not do it don't have the will Or they can't do it, which seems to be a big part of the problem, that the people that are supposed to control the elections can't actually penetrate them. And we're accepting this? In what world, in what universe would this be acceptable? And let's just flip this back four years. When it happened four years ago that the Democrat lost uh, Hillary, for about a year and a half, that's all that was talked about was the election must have been stolen. How was it stolen? How can we get to the bottom of it? What can we do? And and, and let me—I'll be honest. At the time, guys like me were like, "Hey, he lost the race. Hey, let's move ahead." But now you look back and you say, "Did they even get the audits then? Were they even able to? Did anybody really reveal the truth?" Well, it doesn't matter at this point. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. It matters right now, going forward. Can you have an American system of elections? In which it is controlled by people who are unwilling or unable to allow the system to be checked, audited, penetrated in some way to understand it. If they can't do that, how can we have an election? That's the problem. All right, everybody, listen, have a great weekend. Let me do one final plug. Johnny Tobacco's show is over on Newsmax. It's called Wise Guys, 10 p.m. Saturday evening, East Coast time, 7 p.m. Uh, West Coast time. Tune in to Wise Guys. Find it afterwards on Newsmax on the the old internets. Thank you, as always, to Noah, our producer, and Joanna for booking our guests. We'll be back next week. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Talk to you then.
0: This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego.